Good evening, Patriots, and it's Sunday, June 5th in the year 2022. East Coast, you've now hit Monday, and it's June 6th, and we'll see you there shortly. Before you begin tonight, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. Sleep is essential, especially this day and age with so much change and craziness going on. And the best thing for sleep are great products to sleep on, and the best of those products are at MyPillow. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. Your promo code is Bards. And there's just some amazing sales that continue on over at MyPillow as it's a consumer direct approach and just incredible products for the value. Here's Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products and that's mypillow.com forward slash bards your promo code is bards and if you want to speak to a real live person you can call 800-975-2939 800-975-2939 and speak to a patriot pillow cancel counselor they are on standby to help you choose the best products for your sleep so again mypillow.com forward slash bards promo code bards for all the great savings all right patriots so tonight we're going to get into some interesting stuff. Last night I spoke about Ezekiel, if you remember. And it was a discussion based on around Ezekiel 21 and the polishing of the sword. And that is a message that's really been heavy on my heart to share because I think we are at that point of the polishing of the sword, which is what happens to the sword before it is used to in actual combat. It's the final phase of the perfection of the sword. It's not just the sharpening, it's the polishing. And that was referenced specifically in Ezekiel 21. But I want to get into something a little different. And this is a a look at just a mind, some things to open your mind up tonight. And so if you're going to look for a rigid scriptural interpretation tonight, I forewarn you, it's not going to be here. I'm going to push the boundaries on a lot of stuff. And I say that because a lot of people are fixated on seeing life only through the word, and that's fine. I let God guide me. And this was today, there was a lot of questions I was putting out, and there was a lot of things that were shown that I'm just going to share, and you can take it and pray on it or take it and go, yep, that was Bards, whatever. It's all good with me. Kind of begins, this whole process today begins with a pretty simple journey. And it's a question that I've been asking myself literally for a couple of years now. And that question goes like this. If there is a plan, and that's the Q terms, if there is a plan, 
then what is the plan that allows so many people to suffer? And I have run what I would normally do through this. And when I say suffer, suffer in different forms because that doesn't mean physically suffering. And that's the next thing is who is suffering. So that's kind of the first form. And this is the sort of stuff, the analysis like this and looking at these problems is the same thing I've done for years. It's what I did when I was in Afghanistan. We would get into rabbit holes and, and ultimately we'd come to some sort of discoveries. One of those which I've mentioned before is if we're trying to take out a bad guy in a village and we surround a kalat, which is somebody's home, with good guys and we know the bad guy's inside and we kick in the door and we go and get him and we take him out of the village, the same guy that's been tormenting the village, why? Why does the village get completely pissed off and want the Americans to leave? And it's a, it's a contradiction that doesn't make sense until you get to deeper understanding of what's going on. And in that story, over several months of deep cultural research, interviews, talking to people, I discovered the answer, which fundamentally changed operations of how we did things. And that answer was this, that in the Pashtun region, the man and the wife sleep naked at night. And one of the greatest violations in the Pashtun culture is to see another man's wife, let alone see her naked. It's a stain. It's a cultural stain that goes on the household that can't be erased. It stays with the family. So what we were doing in kicking in that door and going in to get the guy in night raids is we were exposing his wife to non-Muslims and they saw her naked or at least the perception was of that and it was an insult beyond insults. It was a cultural violation and then you have to get into how they see Americans and after three years they begin to stop seeing you as occupiers but being start to see you as people that are knowledgeable and living within the culture so you should know the rules. And that's just a simple, simple snapshot of many of the problems that we worked with to try to get to what it was it was the driving motive for other problems. Because in the sense, when you don't know the rules and you don't look at the picture big enough, you create more problems, and this is key, you create more problems than you solve. So the question I've been asking over and over is, if there is a plan, which I would argue that there's something going on because there's a lot of things that don't add up, then why are we allowing the vax to proceed? Why are we allowing people to die? Why not just end it if the plan is so sufficient? Why would you do that? The other anomaly that I've been trying to resolve is it's the oath. Defend from enemies foreign and domestic. So I've asked that question very hard, and I've been working with it in the question of why is it our military is in stand down and not performing its oath? There's a lot of definite things that you can come up with. But as we start to water this down and go to kind of a principle of how large we see this magnitude of a problem, which is huge, it's global, and it's everywhere, and it's in every country, and this rancer isn't just here, it's everywhere. Pedophilia is a predominant thread that ties everything together. You come to essentially a few conclusions, but this is the one 
that really stands out. That the good guys are massively outnumbered by the bad guys, but that the only way that the good guys can win is for the majority of the people in the world who are being victimized by a minority of bad guys to wake up and stand up because only then does the system fall apart. Otherwise, it continues. So this is kind of the sort of exercises I was going through today. But it doesn't account for a number of things. And the number of things it doesn't account for is like, why suddenly do we have this rash of in-your-face pedophile and groomer stuff going on, which is going on everywhere. And that's an important part of this because there's something pretty crazy. But here's another one. I don't know about your life. I can't speak to it. I can speak to a number of people that I've talked to and in the midst of, and people I consider friends. So in the midst of where everyone is supposedly suffering, other lives are running beautifully. They're doing incredible. Things are happening. I, I haven't had issues during COVID. It's just been amazing. And there is one constant theme within that. And that is a dedicated, focused belief and worship and seeking of Christ in their lives. That has that consistency in a true and honest sense of trusting in God and truly trusting in God has produced tremendous amount of things in other people's lives. Now, with that, I could, I'm sure there's equal number of people that could say my life didn't go that well. And I believe in God and I believe you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to frame that, but there's more to this. And so this is kind of what we're going to dig into tonight. You have heard me say before, and I, and this is where I'm going to bring real science, not Fochi science, a real science perspective to our faith. And one of the things I love about quantum physics is when you study quantum physics you discover that many of the scientists in quantum physics have in the process come to Christ because they realize that God exists. It's really pretty fantastic. It's the only dimension in science I know that causes that to happen. So there's a principal issue in quantum mechanics, which is that all realities exist simultaneously. And this is important because essentially Reality is what we choose. Now, from a perspective, a biblical perspective, it's very simple. God has all the realities. We're choosing the realities. And that goes to free will, which is important to understand because the principle of free will is at the core of every single thing we have been through the last, is particular in the last two years. We haven't seen jackboot Nazis kicking in your door, forcing you to take an injection. And other than the crazy stuff that they show on TV, let me stress this, that they show on TV or social media, the select examples, we have seen a few examples of people being forced to put on a mask. But there has been an intentional and highly emphasized focus on creating fear and panic within our media circles and getting people to react in anger to that. One of the things that we go on 
it's an interesting phenomenon in the social media space is that if somebody is filming something from a cell phone and even reacting and talking like reacting to cops, we assume a verity, which means we assume the truth in the person filming. We don't even question the person filming because we assume that they're a citizen journalist. That is a really important principle to grasp because we really don't know a lot about these pieces that come in many times. We don't know whether it's truth or whether it's set up. I mean, we have this latest thing in Uvalde where in Uvalde there is a mother who claimed to have gone to get her child and then she was threatened later with an end with being, they would harass her if she spoke against or spoke out what actually happened inside. All of that we're assuming is true, but we have no basis of verifying her, her story, or even if what we were witnessing is a deep fake or green screen. Deep fakes are getting pretty effective. So my point of all this is reality is so heavily blurred right now that, and we've talked a great deal about this, that there isn't a specific pivot point on reality other than the trust through scripture and trust through God. And this, you've heard me say in many different forms that this is, in my opinion, one of the greatest gifts that we're receiving right now if we know how to receive it. And that receiving that we're getting is the gift from God to see truth or to see through the lies, excuse me, see through the lies. Because a lot of this is happening, has been there the whole time, but we haven't, we just haven't looked deep enough. And now we don't have a choice because it's literally stripping before us. Well, the important point about this is in the sense of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, when all realities exist at the same time, the critical thing is when you identify a reality, that is the reality that now exists. So when you turn your back on a stasis of things or state of things, they all exist. When you turn around and look, only one reality will now persist because you've identified it and it will continue. And that's provable. That's not, that's not a theory. It's provable. And in fact, it even goes further because you can alter a reality if it's in process. Let's say that something's happening, an atom is moving, and you're not paying attention to it, and then turn around and you look at it. It will change to how you're perceiving it. I know it gets a little crazy, but that's literally this, kind of the nature of our whole universe, which is why I've said many times we're quantum souls. I truly believe that the, one of the greatest gifts we have yet to figure out is that we're quantum souls. And that when we talk about moving a mountain from here to there, that's not a physical move. That's a shifting of realities. And that's a quantum effect, which would tie then into what we, if you've heard about it or have done any research on it, it's called the Mandela effect. Here's just a little anomaly for you. If you know Cinderella and you know the saying in Cinderella that we grew up with, it's mirror, mirror on the wall. But if you check today, you'll find out that that no longer exists, that it's only magic mirror on the wall. I'm not making that up. So the, the answer we come up with is that the digital, the digital beasts or tech giants are rewriting reality in real time, to a certain degree true. 
They are. We can prove that. But there may be more to that shift in that we ourselves are in a time of transition of timelines, of realities. And this is where I'm getting to tonight. So if this makes you uncomfortable, I guess I'll see you tomorrow night. But this is where we're going to go. Here's the deal. We are seeing an institution that has built the control over us based on information to shape a perception. They spend trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars every year in advertising to convince you how to see the world, how to perceive the world, and what to buy. They spend Equal, they spend massive amounts of money in education to shape the way that you see the world based on a construct that they have developed, they being those in power. And politicians, we've seen it, we're seeing it, they will intentionally shape a story and a narrative and just lie about something, but they'll say it over and over. And that's a principle of propaganda that if you lie enough times, people will believe it. What is that? I mean, why is it that that happens? And some of that is, in fact, provable in quantum physics. Because when you start to accept an idea, that idea becomes reality. In the last two years, they have bombarded people with a fear of a virus that has never been proven, a virus that whose genetic profile was created by an artificial intelligence computer system with little bits and pieces of the genome. It didn't even have a complete genome. They created a injection, which has nefarious and horrible effects on some people. And they have pushed a fear to convince people that without this injection, you will die. For some, as we've talked about, that has become a living, breathing reality. And it is part of a process of coercion. So just to map this out, to kind of show you, listen to this for a minute. This is a a coercion that's based on communism versus coercion based on COVID-19. Listen to these headlines. Coercion for communism. Isolate. COVID-19. Isolation. Coercion on communism. Monop- uh, it's creating a single fixed point in reality. One perception of reality. COVID-19 creates one fixed point of reality, which comes about by restricting movement, fixing your attention on a single thing. Induce Debility and exhaustion, which weakens the mental state. COVID, to keep people at home, keep them isolated, weakens the mental state. Threats. You have to have threats because it cultivates anxiety and despair. Threats and intimidation are the same thing used in COVID. Occasional indulgences. So you release you open a store up, you allow people to have freedom without masks, and then you lock it back down. That Those two principles work identical for communism and, and COVID because it ultimately depletes the energy of people. It hinders 
their adjustment through deprivation, and it gives them these little glimmers of hope to motivate them and to crush it to weaken them down. Demonstrate omnipotence, and it basically to show people that resistance is futile, right out of, sounds like the Borg. Same thing in COVID. It's, they shut down the entire economy. They start providing you with a solution. And they put in a mass surveillance system. So unless you comply with them, they're going to go after you. And then degradation makes resistance seem worse than compliance. And that goes on with COVID, the same thing, humiliation and degradation techniques, which included shame, make people stand in circles and between lines, make people stand outside and wait in queues, sanitation stations in every shop. And then finally, enforcing trivial demands, which develops the habit of compliance, reinforces who is in control, rules on compliance may change. And they change constantly to keep you off base. And that in COVID, that was like family members must stand apart, Masks at home, even when you're having sex. Random limits to people allowed to be together. Sanitizers to be used over and over and in a day. That's, that framework has created a reality. And it was forced on downward on people, but in the so doing, it becomes a new reality, which in a sense, in a, from a quantum sense, it's not just an idea. It is a physical living reality that manifests. And the emphasis then, of course, was to get everybody vaccinated and everybody compliant. So where does this go? One of the things that we are facing that has stood out is the question of fear. How does it affect you? And we go to scripture and fear tells us hundreds of times, fear not. God tells us that, fear not. And it's a very important point because God's world is an unlimited world. It is a world of unlimited potential. In the quantum sense, that means that we have the opportunity to live and breathe and expand into a quantum realm of unlimited potential of anything we seek, if we could master what that gift was. But in the world that we're in, the world that we're in is a finite world. It is a world developed developed on scarcity and fear and deprivation anger, anxiety, separation, because that world tells us that we can't exist beyond a certain state unless we accomplish like a degree or we have certain amounts of money and we believe it. So instead of us believing in the in, in unlimited potential of God, we get fixated on the limited potential and it's around us every day. We, we look at something and we say, wow, that'd be awesome if I had that, but I can't afford it. Boom, we're done. We're done right there. Instead of, God, this would be an incredible thing in my life. If it's valuable to me, I would like that to happen. And you work with God and it happens. Those are two completely different realities. And what we're happen- what's happening right now is we're seeing these two realities now literally be visible in the world. We are seeing those of the compliance sense. We're seeing parents listening to this thing of your children need to have a gender choice and they're literally taking that and giving it to their kids. You can choose any gender you want. Five years old, you can choose your gender. You can't have a gun until you're 18. You can't vote until you're 18. 
You can't have a pistol till you're 21. You can't drink till you're 21. But at five years old, you can decide to snip off your weenie. And that becomes because the state is the worship point and the state is finite. God is infinite. And this is where it gets pretty fantastic. Because in a quantum sense, if God is infinite, that means that we have an infinite range of things to do. But there's something else about God that's really important. God's not negative. God's not angry. God's not evil. God is centered on love and prosperity and infinite potential. So if we're going to choose that walk with God, we have to accept those parameters. There's a lot of people trying to double dip right now. Literally, like, I've got one foot in the infinite camp. I've got one foot in the I'm afraid camp. You can't do both. And we're coming rapidly to a point, in my opinion, that that will become impossible. And that was kind of the driving force of last night's message is the sword is coming to the earth. The sword is being polished. Get your house in order. Let go of fear and start walking in the infinite space with the Lord. But where we are right now as well is something really interesting because they're fighting crazily, crazily to try to convince people of more fears. And it's, you notice how there's a smaller and smaller group that's believing it or listening to it. And the realities now are starting to separate. I'm going to get a little wild here just for a moment, just because I want you to imagine the potentiality of this. One of the things that just, and I, this is just something I'm throwing out as one of these think points today. When I was working through this, working in the garden and I was up working with cows and I was working through this and I'm like, okay, so if multiple reality, if infinite number of realities can exist at one point and if there is a remnant that is holding to this belief in God and walking boldly with God and we're in a separation point, but if we keep focusing on the groomers or some of this other evil stuff that's kind of clinging on to us, what's, what, that, what is that world going to look like? It's going to look like where we are because these retards keep popping up because in a process, we are manifesting the problem. Now, I know that not everybody's going to agree with that, and that's cool, but there is a, there is a quantum and explanation for this, which is very important, that we are manifesting realities. So, again, they throw the groomer stuff at us. The question That came out of nowhere. This is one of the things I found interesting, is the groomer thing came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, these crazy heads start popping up as teachers going, hey, I'm a groom and your kid, and you don't get any chance to do anything about it, because I'm going to make your kid like me. I'm beginning to ask the question, if that wasn't an intentional attack, not some manifestation of just suddenly I'm compelled to tell the truth, but rather an organized attack on the information space to force us to start acknowledging them and in the process manifest a reality. We have an incredible capacity to transition this world into something massively beautiful. I, am, I say that without any hesitation, and I brought it before God, and it's clean on my heart. We can manifest in an unlimited world. And I think that it's in this point right now where we are awakening in a much deeper sense, in a very deep sense, in fact, we are aligning deeper with God. We are coming more in touch with our true inheritance. We are manifesting all sorts of things and not all are good. 
And I think that has to be acknowledged because we have a culpability and an accountability in this world by our thoughts. If we are not purely in alignment with Christ and seeking God in all things, but we are instead letting ourselves wander, we are manifesting many of these problems around us. I have said this to you here for probably over a year. If we would all simply stop, pray, and focus on a world centered with God on the throne, this stuff would end, and I argue it would end almost instantly. Transformation can be instant and instantaneous if you're committed to it. And now this gets into the deeper belief in who we are. Where, where is our true faith? If we're wishing washing between extremes, like one day it's like, man, I feel great. And the next day, like, oh, I can't believe how heavy the world is. Everything we're doing and saying we are manifesting Words are life and death, and literally, and so are thoughts. And when we dig in deep into Scripture and the things that are there, we have to start realizing that there is a richness in Scripture that is giving us a guidance about keeping ourselves focused, hence eyes on Christ. We're pretty immature as a people. Matter of fact, we're worse than immature. We're kind of like, half the time, we're kind of like brats, the whole humanity. And God still loves us. But I mean, I swear at times, I've, I've literally said this, sometimes I just can't imagine God not going, oh, man, I actually created you fools. Christ's sacrifice, yes, abolished our sins, but did something greater. It gave us all the opportunity to accept him as a reality that we can manifest through him a deep and personal relationship with God next to the throne. That's the recreation of us through a reality, and we can define that in quantum physics. It's a different way of looking at it. But this is a profound moment in all of our lives that we have to start deciding what reality we want to live in. And hence we go back to Ezekiel and we have to ask the question in Ezekiel 21 when it says a sword, a sword sharpened and also polished, sharpened to make a slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. When it strikes, when you strike with a sword, you strike with lightning. And when this comes down, as I believe it will, it will set the place in where those who have kept eyes on Christ in a purity of the heart have manifested a reality, if you will, connected with God's reality and are going to travel that way. And that's a bifurcation of a sorts. Now, I said something earlier, and I want to finish it because I just want you to think about it. I've been asking myself the same question that many have asked is, where are all the labor? We've got more jobs open than any other time in the world. Where are they? 
So we say, okay, maybe some are disabled. We say, okay, well, maybe the elderly are deciding no longer to work. And that's in the news. And they're saying this. And I'm like, okay, so let's look at the elderly because there's something there in the elderly in a detail that's very, very important to grab. And what that is, is that they're on a fixed income and prices have gone up, not down. And the COVID money has dried up and Social Security has not given much of an increase. So why aren't the elderly in the workforce? And I can't answer that. Because they should be. There's more jobs than ever and they're paying better than before. So again, throwing out for you to consider. If we are making a shift in realities, we may be losing people. They are just not around anymore. It's an interesting thing to consider because how will you know if your neighbor is, if you don't see somebody, you don't know somebody, I should say, how will you know if they exist? Other than the fact when you go to like Starbucks and they're understaffed and you can't get your coffee and drive in on time, it takes you 20 minutes instead of three. See, there's, there's a lot of potential here of a way our world is very complex. And I'm not one that's going to sit here and say that God made a simple world that we can all understand easily because I don't believe that. A God who is infinite will have infinite potentials of things they can create. What we do know is that the people we're fighting against are very narrow thinking. They're very linear, and we can prove that. And they're very binary, ones and zeros. We can prove that. We can look at the way they do things. It's predictable. If they have a plan and they get offset, they come back and they restart right where they picked up and they continue. They do the same things over and over. All you have to do is look at false flags and tell me that is not a repeat of the same thing over and over. They don't have dimensional thinking. God is infinite, and he's created children that are infinite. And infinite for us is we're still trying to understand what that means because we've grown up in a world that is structured by limited and binary thinkers. Hence the reason I believe, and more I study it, I think I'm right, Artificial intelligence will not hit singularity, meaning it will not achieve consciousness unless they tie us into it by way of chipping because they need our brains to make, quant to make AI function the way they want it to function because they can't create it. But they'll lie to you and tell you it's otherwise. All of this comes down to a very simple issue. And it's how we choose to walk what we choose to worship, and what we choose to think. If you are going to live in a cluttered mind and you are going to be scattered all over the place and you're going to be allowing yourself to get wrapped up in the news, you're going to be allowing yourself to start having on fear, my opinion, you're creating problems because you're manifesting all sorts of chaos that doesn't need to be there. Remember that move the mountain from here to there? Well, what happens if you move the mountain on top of yourself or on top of somebody else? You see, there is a, I think that there is a true responsibility and accountability that each of us has as we get to know God and as we get to understand our gift 
and our inheritance. And I don't think most human beings are capable of taking the responsibility that God's given us yet. And in this growing up time, we're having a pretty rough grow up period as we are given the gift of seeing truth and as we are flailing around with our thoughts from fear to happiness, from fear to love in Christ, we're shaking the whole damn thing up and we're creating earthquakes everywhere. We could prove it if enough people got together and did it and I would, oh, wait a minute, we did and we did prove it and we proved it at Bard's Fest last year because we repented. And we put ourselves humbly before God and we prayed and we prayed for three different times and three different, four different times on two different days of repenting. And what happened after the fourth time? We were given a rainbow right above us in the, on a blue sky, an impossibility, unless you accept that that was God. You see, we could change this world. We can choose the reality we want. We can shape it with our thoughts and our love in God. And we can put an end to all of this if we have the courage to quit worrying, the courage to quit hand-wringing over stupid stuff we can't control, the courage to truly trust in him, and the courage to listen to these words, fear not. And if we do that, We literally, by all the science and quantum physics, are choosing a different reality that is before us. And I believe that is the direction God wants us to go. Because in that place, the the potentials are infinite. They're not terminal. They aren't going to end up in blood in the streets everywhere. Quite to the contrary, because God is a loving God. And he wants for his children to have unlimited potential. And he wants prosperity. And if we let go of all of the baggages, which is a lot, and all the hooks and the strings of all the things that are around us that are telling us that we can't, and instead we simply say, I'm done with that, I'm walking with Christ, and I can. I'd be willing to bet this nonsense would be over yesterday. And it may not be over for the nation, but I'll bet it's over for each one of us. Because I'll tell you, when I reflect on these last two years, they've been pretty amazing two years. Hard work. Lots going on. But God has not stopped raining down greatness. Just something to think about. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight just very humbled, very blessed with all that you've given and all the insight that we're allowed to see, the, the truths that are before us, the, the ability for us to see honestly what it is that we were not seeing before, eyes to see. We're seeing evil. We're seeing the darkness. But Lord, tonight we're just praying for the unity in thought, that focus in prayer that we will simply put our trust in you and embrace the love that is there for us to hold on to and to do it purely, to let go of all this other nonsense, to let go of the anxiety, the fear, the anger, the hatred, the worship for justice, the hope for hangings and pain, all this nonsense, just to trust in you. 
to turn it over to you and to walk this path of absolute and brilliant trust to work as we would, as if we are walking truly in the body of Christ, not by figurative words, but truly physically living and breathing that. And to trust that where that's taking us is exactly where we need to be. Not worrying about what the morrows bring, not worrying about when the hand of justice is going to fall, not worrying when Durham's going to get some nonsense going in his trials, but instead just trusting in you and enjoying the brilliance and beauty of the walk. That's what we pray for tonight. Because this is an amazing time, an amazing walk, and you've given us eyes to see and appreciate everything that's around us as we go. Guide us and protect us. Bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And there you have it. Some things to think about, some things to ponder. Our world is not a simple place. It is a very complex place. Not complicated, but complex, definitely. And if we think about the world in simple terms, and we think about it, we're only getting a glimpse of the greatness of all that God has. All you have to do is go spend some time in a garden and look at the perfection of everything that grows. That's not simple. It is complex, and it is perfect. And somehow we tend to think of ourselves as different than that complexity. It is all that complex, everything. Remember, NASA wants you to believe that we can fly to a moon in a ball of tinfoil or land on the moon in a ball of tinfoil and go up with a couple rockets burning behind it. I don't know. I'll let you decide that one. But I don't think God made things quite so fundamentally, mechanically simple. And I don't think he ever worried about whether we'd be going to the moon in tinfoil or not. I think it's probably a little bit more complex than that. And greater and more brilliant and more fantastic than we could ever imagine. Infinite tends to be that way. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But our prayers right now, I think we need prayers up right now for just that strength and this walk of clarity in our thoughts. We are manifesting things. Choose what you want to live in. God will win this. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk fearlessly and boldly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now We're on the edge of a moment But not over that Now we're diving in The light up ahead We're running to it 
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain.